Brian Campbell, ready to preview Mayweather McGregor with you on this week's show. But before I do, I want to talk to you first about Dylan Blue from Versace. Dylan Blue is the essence of the Versace man today. It's a fragrance full of character and individuality, an expression of a man's strength, but also his charisma. Available at fine department stores, it's Dylan Blue from Versace. And now it's time to hit me with that theme song. have entered the home of the only audio that willingly placed itself on the banned substance list. It's that wonder drug that keeps working wonders. That lethal dose of what the street dealers call performance enhancing audio. In this corner with Brian Campbell is back on the scene, crispy and clean. And ready to get you fired up for Saturday's Super Bowl of Circus Fun. It's Floyd Mayweather, it's Conor McGregor, and the battle for billions from Las Vegas. Fight week is upon us, and you can just smell that excitement in the air. It is a beautiful aroma that arouses me. It arouses me too, and we've got a great show for you today featuring an interview from former two-division world champion and the man who will be calling Saturday's fight as an analyst for Showtime, Paulie Malinaji, who was a central figure to say the least in the build-up to Maymac. Paulie's going to talk about what we might be missing in rushing to judgment, saying that Conor McGregor has no chance at victory. Paulie also gives his reasons why a McGregor-Malinaji boxing match just might be Conor's best business choice after Floyd on Saturday. You don't want to miss that. But before we tag in the big ginger and get this party started, one more bit of business for the ITC pod, and that includes you, the listener. Your help in making this podcast great is more important than you may think. So today, if you hear something that you like, if you see something, say something. You already know what to do. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, review. If you haven't already taken the time, it would be much, much appreciated. Look, this performance enhancing audio may be free, but believe me, there are plenty of side effects. So do your part to help the cause. But right now, it's that time, right? Let me welcome in world-renowned writer, editor, author, lover of all things cruiserweights. Music was made for box. Respect was made for box. Speaking of cruiser, big red respecting box. Hey, what's up, Brian? Yo, yeah, you you got me in the mood. You know, I saw on Twitter. You guess who arrived here in Los Angeles yesterday, ready to for the final leg of training before his big match in the cruiserweight Super Six tournament? Please tell me it's Alexander Usyk. Uh, no, it is uh, a, a more deep cut for the cruiserheads out there. The one and only Russian sledgehammer, Mr. Respect My Hammer, uh, Dmitry Kudrashov. And he, he, you know, just to see, I, 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 he's the kind of person, imagine running into him in like the international terminal in an air, airport. He's got the shaved head, 
the evil Ivan, the terrible beard. I mean, <laughs> just I'm I'm so pumped for him, but uh, don't want to you know uh, derail us too far. You know, we got we got bigger fish to fry this week. Uh, you know, what's up? I'm all for getting derailed here. Um, I just want to announce that I'm wearing, by the way, I found it in my drawer, my St. George Groves T-shirt to to get myself pumped up for today's boxing podcast. I don't know if you know Rafe. I know you're you know a little bit of a history 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 buff in boxing. George Groves was one time involved in really one of the biggest matches in boxing history. 8,000 to Wembley Stadium. I don't know if you know how many people were in the crowd that night, Rafe, but... 8,000 to Wembley Stadium. It was a really big night. St. George Groves, I got it in a tight medium. I caught it in the air during a weigh-in when he fought Badu Jack, but I had to wear it. I had to get myself fired up to talk some Maymac today. Do you recall the result of that fight? All I know is one guy had a Hello Kitty pink tattoo on his left <laughs> bicep and one guy didn't. That's all I really remember about that. And as typically happens in in those kind of fights the man with the hello kitty got knocked out but do you remember how many people saw him get knocked out uh let me check let me look it up real quick Eight thousand at wembley stadium oh my god exactly on you know? george groves's chin and flattened him in front of eight thousand fans at wembley stadium wow wow he's gonna george, you know forget remember what, remember what gavin said remember what gavin said about miguel he's gonna need you know one taxi for him and one taxi for his nuts i mean you know carl frost might need that too i mean you know it's yeah. you know uh you know uh, the best you know <laughs> this reminds me during the uh the the uh mayweather pacquiao uh you know uh fight week when carl frost was in vegas talking it up with floyd interviewing floyd he managed to slip in that reference to eighty thousand. <laughs> I don't know if you were watching when I beat George Groves in front of 80,000 at Wembley. I don't know if you can match that kind of atmosphere. Uh, he's Let the best. Me... Come back, Carl. Come back, Carl. Meet me in the parlor for tea. Rafe, <laughs> I am fired up to talk Maymac with you. We've been talking about it for months. It reminds me of our Grantland days on the ropes when there really was both no easy way out and no shortcut home, and we started that pod to get fired up for May Pack. Now is May Mac, but before we get deep into May Mac, we got to quickly hit what happened this past Saturday on ESPN and on, you know, primetime TV. Terrence Bud Crawford continuing his announcement of like, hey, if you don't have me in like the top three or four on your pound for pound list, you need to because he unified all four belts in Lincoln, Nebraska, in a fight that we didn't know how competitive it was going to be, mostly because we didn't know much about Julius Bang the Gong and Dongo, but the gong got bong, and it was a uh, third-round KO on a, on a pretty vicious left hook to the body. Uh, what did you learn from this fight, Rafe? Uh, I mean, I, I I learned a few things. One, it gave us a measure of Julius and Dongo that we didn't have before with sort of this question mark. How good is a guy after a, 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 a sort of a crazy one-punch knockout that he won his first belt with and then beating a, a somewhat uh, washed up uh, or washed, as we say, uh, Ricky Burns? We got, we got um, a reaction from Ricky Burns to that. Still washed. Rick Sterko still washed. But yeah, that that wasn't the best measuring stick, right? For how good Julius was going to yeah. be. Yeah, and, and that's something, you know, that's something you, that, you know, we, we we realized that there was a little bit of George Tapadonida uh, risk here with Ndongo <laughs> coming in, that he was just going to not be on the same level, and that's what happened. But I was, I mean, I, really what I took away was just the, the difference between, you know, what we call, you know, world class with respect, which is, you know, the fighter, the, that tier of Ricky Burns and everyone who is, you know, a top level boxer and can compete at the top level of the world. 
Then you see the next, you know, the, 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 the difference between that level of competition and somebody like Terrence Crawford, who is truly elite, truly, uh, you know, one of the best fighters on the planet. I don't know if you want to, you know, what label we can come up with to confer greater status, all world as opposed to world class. But just, you know, Ricky Burns could not get out of the way of those long looping overhand lefts that Ndongo throws. He couldn't get out of the way of those weird kind of funky jabs and, and all that bouncing around. Terrence Crawford, it, it was the easiest thing in the world. He, he, could, he, he was so much quicker to just, you know, take every time he threw an over, uh, Ndongo threw an overhand left, step back, counter, step back, counter, hurt him every time. And that ended up being how he knocked him out with that. That was one hell of a body shot. I mean, though, that was one. It was better in the moment almost than the replays. Yeah. I mean, the replays don't have the sound. That was one of those almost Roy Jones, you know, body shot. Bah, like, you know, there's only one got... tweet that could sum it up. It would be what a beauty hashtag body because that was one heck of a shot. Uh, just like our guy, uh, Darren Barker had no business getting up from that body shot. Uh, Bang the Gong and Dongo had no business, and he didn't. And uh, who was the referee? It was Jack Reese, right? Because he kind of teabagged yeah. in Dongo and, and did like the fastest ten, 10 count I've ever seen. Normally, Jack Reese is sort of suspect. Well, just basically sit on your throat and wave the fight off and not give you a 10 count. He gave him a 10 count here, but it was a speed count. It wouldn't have mattered. Like King Kong Bundy, you could have counted to five, right? Well, I guess that doesn't quick. That doesn't relate to boxing's 10 count, but it was over. You just marvel, by the way, like, again, this wasn't the opponent we thought he might be, but you got to marvel at how good Bud was for all the things you said. He announced after the fight an official move to 147, to quote Amir Khan. Uh, the thing is, he fits right at the top of that class of 147s, but it's the same narrative. Is he going to get to fight any of those 147s, right? You know, like... Bradley's gone on the top rank side. It, you know, maybe they can. The, the word is that Pacquiao will fight Horn in a rematch in November in, in Australia. If Pacquiao looks a lot better and gets a clean victory, maybe you do make Crawford Pacquiao to finally get that handoff. But if you don't, Rafe, where are the welterweights that this guy is going to face if they can't make business with Al Heyman? Well, I'm. I, I my my answer to that is I'm hopeful that they will be able to make business with Al Heyman. I mean, the way that Crawford star is rising, the, 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 the status he just occupies as one of the best fighters in the sport. I hope that thaws things a little bit and they're able to make some of those fights. I mean, those fighters can, you know, on both sides, Crawford and the Heyman fighters can, you know, can exercise some of their own power and, and call each other out and say, we want to, we want to, we're young. We have no reason to be avoiding each other and, and protecting, you know, what, you know, like, like we're, we're not washed. We don't, we, 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 we consider ourselves dangerous to each other. Make it happen. Uh, I'm, I, and now does it ever happen exactly like that? No, but, um, but I want to be really mad if... with the with the shakeup. HBO seems like they might not be involved with top rank in the near future. Um, that that was always, I think, a question uh, that that factored into the the sort of cable this the cable rivalry on top of whatever the the, okay, the, so the promotional rivalry. Right? I'm hopeful because CBC just did biz. T you know, Heyman T TBC PBC. TBE? TBC is the Brian Campbell. Uh, TBE, oh, that's Florida. Yeah, so the PBC, you're right. They had just done business with ESPN. That's a good point. Maybe it's easier than we think to make those fights because I'm going to be honest with you, Rafe. If Terrence Crawford's first 147 fight is against Jesse Vargas, I know it's not the worst matchup, but I don't want it, right? It reminds me of Crawford versus John Molina or Crawford versus Hank Lundy. It reminds me of I know how the movie's going to end. I don't want to watch the movie anymore. But there's no reason to be negative. Bud looked great. Let's see what happens next. In the top-ranked world of news, though, Rafe, the fight I want more than anything, 
looks like it's about to get announced. December, the theater at MSG, gold, two-time gold medalist versus two-time gold medalist. Loma Regendahl, are you kidding me? This is the ultimate chess match. They want to do it at 130. Vasily Lomachenko, pound for pound versus pound for pound. Rafe, I'm looking right now at the poster on my wall that says Donaire versus Regendahl. April 13th, 2013, Radio City Music Hall. I will have that same feeling for that fight as like the ultimate boxing heads chess match. I don't care how boring or lame it is. I just want to see it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, the fact that this seems like it's close is so great. It makes me so happy. I thought immediately of two people. The runner up, our good friend, Bryn Jonathan Butler, boxing writer, BJB. chronicler of Cuban boxing, BJB, wrote a, wrote a, wrote a, wrote an ebook about Rigondeaux, has written about him all over the place, and, you know, understands the world of Cuban boxing on, on a level that he's been there and seen it firsthand. Just to, to, to that, that, you know, his guy gets this chance, uh, you know, I, I just imagine BJB out there getting hashtag Jeff Horned over this, and, and he deserves it. But more than anyone else, I'm happy for Rigo, man. He needs this. He's, he's, I mean, he's been, dying to get back into a, a meaningful fight for years and if the the one place i sort of imagined it never was going to come from was bob arum and top rank the, i mean the that that rigo may looks like he's going to get this opportunity and that you know top rank will once again put uh one of their most talented uh the the and uh and and most prized fighters on the line against Rigo with a chance to to spoil it all, uh, just like yes. Rigondeau did to Nonita Donaire back in the day. Can you imagine um, if he now, spoiled it? I mean, we're going to talk about this a lot over the next X amount of months, but could you imagine if he spoiled the party? I, there's so much going against him, right? Moving yes, up, I can imagine that. Uh, moving but, up two weight classes, the fact that the judges would probably not give him you know, as fair of a shake because people are bored with him. I just want to see this fight, Rafe, all the reasons you just said. Fire. Oh, I'll work Rigo's corner if I have to just to get close enough. Come on, let me, let me <laughs> put some water on your ball. I will, I will do that if I have to do that, Rafe, all right? That's all I'm, I'm saying. I'm, I'm going to need some of that myself, you know? I mean, it's like, ah. Uh. Um, no, it's great. And, and just, you know, that the news was, was broken by ESPN's Dan Raphael the other day and that, you know, Rigo has had these sort of, uh, spats with, with, with Dan and, <laughs> and with Bob Arum and that they all finally are coming, that they have to announce this on behalf of him. I feel it's like he's finally getting the fight, he, uh, a, a fight deserving of his ability. Yeah. And, uh, Hey, that's great. He had to waste four years and all of our time to get there, but he got there. Rafe, it's going to be time to talk May Mac in a minute, but we're going to do sort of a special themed, our favorite segment called What's It Look Like in this show. We're going to sort of do a What's It Look Like Mayweather McGregor edition for the entire rest of the show as we break down this fight. But before we get into that, we had a DM slide this week, Rafe, of a submission for what's it look like. We want to reward uh, one of our better listeners, our, our our determined, dedicated Jamie R, which is at J underscore N R E B on Twitter. He slid hard into them DMs because look, guys, DM season is open. It's for the people, by the people. We want to hear your voice. He says, guys, Loma Mayweather. At 1.30, Prime versus Prime, what's it look like? Rafe, we were just talking about Vasily a second ago. You know, he's he's incredible. Borderline pound for pound king right now at 1.30. Floyd at 1.30 was a beast. What does that fight look like? Uh, it's very hard to even imagine at this. I mean, it's just so, they're so damn good. Um, Floyd at 1.30 was one of the best 
things I've ever seen in my, yes. I mean, it was like, uh, I, you get those sort of Roy Jones tingles, those feels, you it, get it that, was a that, feel spot. It yeah. was a, it was a feel spot way down deep that, uh, you don't get tickled too often. And to tell you the truth, I don't quite get the same tickle from Vasily Lomachenko at, at 130. Wow. It doesn't, I don't get the same tickle. I think, uh, you know, Floyd had power at that weight, and uh, that might be a difference in that fight. Holy cow, wow. Uh, I think you broke it down perfectly. Floyd was an aggressive attacker who still had the defense, still had the technique, could still box you. I'm favoring 130 Floyd. Like, there's certain discussions that Floyd would lose. Like, I think prime Oscar at 47 beats prime 47 Floyd, and a lot of people don't want to hear that. I think prime 130 Mayweather beats almost anyone in the same way that prime 135 Mosley, which is like another mythical figure, right? Mosley at lightweight was incredible the same way. So, so Jamie R., thanks for the submission. Rafe, you and I were experts on Maymac, but there's one guy who we mentioned off the top who's a little bit closer to the action, a little bit deeper dive into this uh, ex-sparring partner of Conor McGregor. It's Pauli Malinaji, who will be on the call this Saturday night, Showtime pay-per-view, 9 p.m. Eastern, from T-Mobile in Las Vegas when Mayweather and McGregor finally meet. Thankful that Pauli took the time to sit down to us, let, with, with, down with me recently. Let's throw to it right now. Enjoy. Paulie, you, of course, called the 2015 uh, Floyd Mayweather-Mania-Pacquiao fight, which, I mean, when you look back at that number, 4.6 million pay-per-view buys, it's still staggering to think about that it almost doubled the record. You know, this fight, Mayweather-McGregor, they they're, they feel like it's already going to surpass that. How different has been the build in your eyes comparing the two fights? Um, It's been uh, very different, I think, the build-up, because this build-up had a lot more talking, a lot more... Uh... Uh, trash talking, a lot more animosity. It's a lot more hype in general. You know, I think the, uh, the, uh, Mayweather and Pacquiao fight, I think, uh, people expected it to sell itself, and in a lot of ways it did. But I think, uh, some, some homegrown animosity may have, uh, done a better job of selling even more, uh, buys if, if that's even possible, you know. So, so I think that's, that's probably where this one, uh, matters in, in the biggest way is uh, that both guys are big personalities. Mayweather is, and of course, Conor McGregor is. Pacquiao, at the end of the day, uh, brought a lot to the table, but personality wasn't one of those things. Do you get any kind of feeling that this is more than a, you know, a bo- some people call it a carnival boxing fight, but do you think that this is more than just a boxing match, that this might be some kind of cultural event that, you know, we'll really look back on many decades from now? Um, you know, in, in, in some ways, I think it is. But I also think it could be the, the dawn of like a, a different kind of era too, because I think if uh, if this does well and if this uh, is received well by the critics and, and fans alike, I think you may be able to see a lot more of this uh, MMA fighter crossing over to boxing and uh, testing the waters there. You know, uh, I think it will depend a lot on McGregor's performance. I think it will depend a lot on the, the kind of uh, entertainment the fight brings to the table. But I, you know, besides you know people going at a carnival and look back on it and whatnot, I think it could also be something of a of a change in the procedure or the process or the way fights are promoted, the way fights are done, the way it's happening, and uh, just the kind of matches you make sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when... When you talk to any fight fan, I mean, I think 80% of them are going to look at this fight and say, okay, you know, it, it'll be fun, it'll be wild, the build is great. Floyd probably wins handily, though. That You know, that's what the boxing fan will tell you. That's what the educated MMA fan will probably tell you. What are people, though, not taking into consideration at the prospects of this actually being a competitive fight? Um, well, I don't think if you look at the action and all of the tactics, you're, you're going to get much of a competitive outlook there. You know, I think... Uh, Mayweather's a lot better than Conor McGregor, but 
I think if you're looking for an edge tunnel that may have, it's probably in the intensity. You know, a uh, 29-year-old always has a bit more intensity, a bit more fuel applied than a 40-year-old, you know. Uh, the 40-year-old may have a lot more intelligence, but the intensity is not there. Now, it's, yeah, now the thing is, just as you have the intensity, doesn't mean it's going to work for you, but it can work in your favor if you know how to make it work in your favor. If McGregor can keep that intensity, maintain it, and, and, and make it work for him in a useful manner, uh, and what I mean by useful manner is not get, not walking too many shots, or not use it to become so dirty that you're, you're, getting, you're getting points taken away or disqualified because I think if anything, that video hurt them more so than it helped them because it showed just how much, how often and how much he fouls. Um, I think if you can maintain that kind of intensity but uh, keep it intelligent and not so dirty to where it's so obvious to the referee, um, I think, you know, you may have something there because X and O's wise, yeah, this is not the, so, uh, something that he can match Mayweather in the skills department. You know, Mayweather had, had always proven that ring rust, like, wasn't a thing. You know, I mean, you saw him coming back from the two years off to, to destroy Marquez. We saw him, anytime there's troubles in his personal life, when he steps through the ropes, he's still the same Floyd. At some point, he'll bite off more than he can chew, and chew in theory, though. You know, is there any, I don't know, you know, being 40 years old, being two full years off, is Floyd a guy that can close that gap without any issue in your eyes? Um, you know, it's, it's something to consider. You know, it's one of the intangibles you think about when you discuss this fight. You know, uh, you're, I think when it comes to Floyd biting off more than he can chew, I think it will happen father time. And it won't have been anybody in particular in the ring, you know. Um, and I think, you know, that's one of the things that makes this fight intriguing is, you know, the, the age the age gap here, you know. Uh, I think Floyd in his prime, I don't, I don't think anybody would even consider this fight watchable, you know. But I think people have a lot of theories that they come bring to the table and, and reasons why they may think it's 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 competitive. And, and definitely the age is one of those things. It's one of the things, it's one of the, definitely one of the talking points, and you can't help but bring it up when discussing his possibilities of this fight. Absolutely. Uh, what do you make of, of sort of boxing purists when they look at what Floyd's doing? And of course they give him the nod and say, look, financially, you're a genius. You beat the game. We're not, we're not contesting that. But if you're gonna go 50 and 0 and you're gonna, you know, get a round number, you're gonna best that mythical Rocky Marciano mark, it can't come in this type of exhibition match. It's gotta come in a real match against a real contender. How do you sort of, being an ex-fighter, you know, look at when journalists make that criticism? Is that legit in your eyes? Um, no, it's not legit at all. I mean, they had Joe, Joe Lewis is 25 straight defensive. They used to call the bum of the month club. And those fights counted, you know. So at the end of the day, every era, people want to uh, want to bring up their own criticism of, of, of certain things. But at base end, you get, you get in the ring, you're fighting a sanctioned event, a sanctioned fight. Uh, this is uh, a sanctioned fight. This is, and he's got a hungry guy in front of him uh, who's coming to win the fight. So, so no, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't, I don't give any credence to the. Criticism that this fight shouldn't count for 50 you know, or whatnot. You know, there's many guys have had suspect kind of opponents and suspect kind of fighters they fought to, uh, at one point or another during their, an, an era of greatness that they've had. So, so, um, you know, I brought up the Joe Lewis, uh, uh, example as, as one of the come off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's others. Uh, at day's end, um, you know, this is, uh, this is, this is something that's happening and, you know, he's, he's fighting a, a legit sanctioned fight and boy, he's given enough of the sport to where yeah, this, this is fine with me. This is a fight. Right. If we look at this as, as, as like, let's say, you know, we suspend whatever premeditations we have coming in. If this is going to be a competitive fight, both guys sort of natural counter punchers. Does one have to break free of that and take the lead to have success in this one? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that I think that will happen. You know, I think uh, McGregor is coming in with less respect for Floyd than any of his opponents. So and when when I mean by less respect, I mean that, you know, he's not going to, I don't see him being as tentative as some other opponents because they realize Floyd's skill is so high. Uh, I don't think, call it ignorance is bliss. I mean, for me, it is ignorance is bliss on his part. But it hit, that ignorance could make things exciting. You know, he may attack in ways that, you know, other fighters don't because, you know, he's not as familiar with the dangers of attacking that way, you know? So it could, it could work. It could work for him. It could work against him. And also, from the flip side, uh, Floyd could also become aggressive because uh, we've seen Floyd in spots become aggressive during his career when he doesn't respect his opponent, when, when he loses respect for what his opponent's bringing to the table, when he realizes he's so much better than an opponent, he starts to walk them down and cut the ring off and break them apart. So, so I think there's possibilities of either guy and both guys getting aggressive at different spots in this fight and maybe even more consistently than we anticipate. So, so from that regard, uh, I, I think it's, I, I think the possibility of it, it could be formal at last or whatnot. But, uh, I, as I said, I, sh- I stress that the cats have the bag with McGregor in 30 fighting. Um, and I think you've got to really be careful with that because that could probably put a, lo- a bit of a, a black cloud over everything because if you're going to have the mixed martial arts fans complaining that you can't that their guy's going to get warned for everything. And if it's fouling, he's going to be warned for everything. And then, uh, uh, the boxing fans are going to complain about that this guy doesn't even know what he's doing inside the ring. Why, why would this fight ever made? So you have uh, a possibility of it getting fun, but if it gets out of hand and, and you have fans on both sides that don't know really what's going on, then you're gonna, you're gonna get a lot of, uh, a lot of people translating it into a bad event. Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought the choice of referee was key because, you know, had they gone Kenny Bayless, you would have had the Connor side saying he's too conservative. It'll break you apart. Had you gone Tony Weeks, maybe you have people saying that gives McGregor yeah. a chance. You get Robert Bird, an even guy, but how much pressure is going to be on yeah, him? Yeah, but, but, but here's the thing about breaking it too far apart. If a guy's holding on to you, as, as McGregor showed in those videos, you got to break them apart. Holding and hitting is illegal in boxing. I'm sorry. Breaking apart is a, is a fine line in boxing. If there's holding, you got to break them apart. Working on the inside involves no holding. Once the holding has it's happening, there's no choice but to break them apart because the holding is not supposed to be happening. So, so if you don't want to get broken apart, just stop the holding and you'll and you'll be allowed to work inside. No, oh, absolutely. How much pressure do you think ends up being on Robert Bird to set a certain tone early of what he's going to be able to allow in there? Um, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure. I don't think there's going to be an early fight the referee. I mean, Joe Cortez had his hands full uh, in the two sparring sessions I had with McGregor. So. Uh, you know, they, they made him really work. And so, uh, I, 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 whoever the referee is in this fight, is, uh, which is Robert Bird, he's going to have his hands full here. But he wants to not be involved to the point where he's killing the action. But at the same time, you also have a, ref, a job to do as a referee. And if, and if one guy is just completely ignoring the rules, you have no choice but to, you know, enforce them, you know. Uh, but it's one key, one key you have to, if, if you, the sentence then he talks to you, and this is this way. McGregor is not going to do, obviously, any kicking or, or kneeing or elbowing or whatnot because that's kind of costing this whole person fines. But the pushing of the head down and the rabbit punching, those are, those are more subtle fouls um, if you know how to get away with them. If you, if you keep doing them and you don't know how to get away with them, though, you can get disqualified that way, too. Uh, one way of quitting is to foul out of the fight. So yeah. I, think, I think at a certain point, you know, if, if Mayweather is dominating the fight and, and dismantling him, you have to start to look out for that, too, because McGregor is a guy that, shot down, tried to shoot in against a, a, a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in the ADS fight. A clear stand-up fighter, his only advantage to win is standing up. But if he stands up in that fight, he's going to risk getting punished because he's exhausted. And, and there's three rounds left, and Nate Diaz is gonna, may punish him. But if he stands up through the punishment, he may be able to catch Nate with one shot. 
all the easy way out. Only shoot in on the Brazilian black belt, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, and he'll probably put me out of my misery in a few seconds, which is exactly what happened. So, so there's ways of figuring out uh, an exit plan when you're struggling. Um, in boxing, it's not as simple as shooting in. In boxing, you sometimes guys foul out. We saw Andrew Lada do it. You know, we saw, uh, uh, I saw Anthony Peterson did it in the Brandon Rios fight. You know, uh, there's, there's subtle examples of guys doing that. Um, I think at a certain point, McGregor knows the rules. He's been in camp for months and months. He's had a, a professional referee doing this. If he's constantly fouling, even though he's being warned, I think you have to look between the lines and, and, and start to understand that it's probably more than just fouling. Yeah, yeah, that's a strong point. I mean, something you mentioned earlier about Connor maybe bringing in the awkwardness and bringing in new looks. I mean, Marcos Maidana had the best success against the welterweight version of Floyd by doing just that, right? Those 12-6 helicopter shots. Connor had said in the press tour, I don't just have one stance, right? Floyd, Floyd always faces guys with just a stance, but I got a Muay Thai stance. I got a Greco-Roman stance. I got judo, on and on and on. How realistic in boxing could you have success with those stances, though? Well, I think you want to change the looks. I think Floyd is, special, is really specialized in giving different looks. And, uh, you know, I think giving different looks does help you. But uh, you have to be able to punch off all those looks. You have to be able to know how to be effective off all those looks. And you have to know how to win rounds off all those looks. You know, it's, it's very different. It's not just about changing the look and just giving a different look and that's it. You know, you're not a mannequin in there. You have to fight. So... You have to uh, understand how to be how to be successful and how to have success off of all those different looks, and that's that to me is that's the key. The awkwardness can help you if you know what you're doing. Oh, if you don't know what you're doing, awkwardness will only make you look stupid. You know, let's face it. If Marcus McDonald was an awkward guy who knew what he was doing, if I get the, the, the my bus driver and put him in the ring, he's going to be awkward as well. But he's not going to know what he's doing. You know, so it doesn't mean doesn't mean he's going to be effective. So there's there's awkward effective, and then there's awkward ridiculous. You know, so we're going to find out which one it is. Paul, is there real heat between you and Dana White right now? What's going on with this? Um, I don't know. I mean, he's not a guy that I've ever really cared for in my life, you know. So, uh, you know, whatever he's doing to uh, keep my name out there, you know, it's on him. You know, he's, he's the one who's making like he's got videos and he's releasing them. And then you come to find out he actually had nothing, which I already knew. I knew I knew that. But if I say nobody believes it, you know, everybody wants to believe the other side. So it was funny, it was funny enough that uh, Espinosa made that uh he made that statement to where, you know, the videos were never provided by Dana, provided by Congress team, which is something I already know. So everyone's trying to figure out in this whole scenario, you became a major part of this promotion, and I think it's it's helped the promotion great. I mean, I think you've sort of filled in where certain areas of Floyd people are, you know, they've been there, done that. We've been down the long Floyd road. We had more in this promotion, but people try to pick a, not a conspiracy angle, but they try to look through it and say, okay, why would Connor bring in Paulie and let this thing fall apart? Is he trying to trick all of us? Is he trying to trick Paulie? When you look back at that whole circus, how do you sort of sum up what really happened? What was the real intentions? Um, I don't know. You know, it's funny because I think there was definitely some dark intentions on their part, but it's weird because you, why would you bring in somebody you don't like into camp? Like, for me, that's kind of creepy. You know, that's kind of weird. Like, there's, there's a creepiness to that. You know, like, I would never bring in somebody I don't like to my training camp. You know, if I don't like somebody, I'm going to do one of two things. I'm going to either fight them so I can put hands on them with small gloves, or I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to put them on the panel mind list so that no reporter ever even mentions their name and they get no press out of it. And that, that way, there's no demand for them. You know, so I would do one or the other. They're both opposites. I would, I would do one or the other. I wouldn't. He went somewhere in the middle, which is a little strange. And like I said, it's a bit creepy because once you bring somebody into your training camp, they're associating with you. They're you're, you're seeing them. You know, you're 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 
you know, you're just, they're just there, you know? So, so you're a bit of a weird, creepy guy in that way. I, that's kind of how I, uh, I, I ended up translating it when it was all said and done. You know, uh, he's a guy who's trying so hard to be legitimate because the boxing world is laughing at him, you know? But, the, you know, he's got enough people who believe in him. The cast of Gary Casuals believe in him. The MMA fans believe in him. You know, the boxing world was laughing at him from the start. And when they saw the media workout, they only started laughing even more. So he's got himself to blame for even doing a workout for the media because he should have probably just showed up and talked, you know? And, and, and that way nobody would have laughed at him. Or they, would have, they wouldn't have laughed at him anymore. So I think this whole thing is more like, you know, reminds me of like, like the little engine that could where he wants to so badly be, <laughs> he wants to so badly be like uh, accepted by all this, these critics and, and just for them to say he's great and for them to say he's going to do good. But it's like, uh, just go out there and do it. You know, they, you know, don't, don't put no edited videos together. Don't take little captures of photos together. You know, just go out there and do it. You know, like, it's like, it's like subtly, I feel like he needs a hug. You know, like, it's like, you know, don't worry, little buddy. You know, you're going to be all right. You're going to forget the fight. And, uh, you know, you get a chance to prove everything. You don't have to edit videos. You don't have to clip and paste different rounds of different scenarios that happened in videos. You know, you could have just let it play. Or if you didn't want to do that, you know, you need to show up on fight and show us what you got, you know. At the end of the day, you still have to fight. The truth always comes out inside the ring. The full truth of who you are, how you react, if you even know what you're doing, it all comes out inside the ring. You know, I, I give the example often uh, when in this situation. When I fought Gaston Sinchenko, my second world title win. I, I went into, into it as a three and a half to one underdog, and uh, nobody believed I could win. Everybody thought I was going to Ukraine just to, you know, finish off my career. You couldn't find the person on this planet that thought I was going to win that fight, you know? So, and I just remember going to camp and getting ready to the best of my ability and telling myself, I'm going to give myself the best chance of winning by being the best I can be. You know, I'm going to go to camp and I'm going to prepare every single day hard, smart, correctly, and I'll find that I'm going to show up as the best Pokemon in Nigeria can be, and if I win, I win, you know, but I was confident I could win, but I wasn't sure I would win, you know, yeah. a lot of politics, a lot of things going on. What I'm saying is, I'm bringing up the example is, Connor's in a similar situation, you know what I'm saying, well, nobody ever, no, nobody, nobody with a, with a brain thinks he can win this fight, so... He's, he's trying so hard to get those people on his side. You already have enough casuals and mixed martial arts, arts fans on your side. To get the real strong critics on your side, you're going to have to perform on fight night. I knew, I knew that in my scenario with Sinchenko, that, that, that would be the only way I would, I would, I would, I would, I would convince everybody. So I went out there and ended up winning and I ended up getting a stoppage actually. And then I had the last laugh, I had the last say, you know? Conor McGregor has to understand you're not going to, convince the harshest critics unless you get the result. You can put out all the edited videos you want. People will see through that at a certain point. You need to perform on fight night. So now he's put himself in a position where he has to perform, and he has to perform well. And if he gets blown out of the water, he, he, he's going to actually be ridiculed twice as much. So now he's put himself in a position, and maybe he likes it. Maybe it's the position where you know you react off, off of uh, off the more intensity, off of the pressure. Some people love pressure, you know. So maybe he's, he did this all on purpose, you know. But we'll find out on fight night because now it's around the corner. And Paulie, if this spins off to a McGregor Malinaji fight. I'm not kidding. I I'd be down for that because there's a storyline, right? There's a reason to want to see two guys go at it. I've heard you say publicly you're not against that idea either. How realistic is that in your eyes? Uh, I don't know. No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. It seems realistic when you think about it this way. He's got some tough fights in the UFC that he's got to take on if he goes back. You know, his mandatory fights are either perfect or to be, but those are tough fights. You got guys like Jose Aldo wanting another fight that's pretty much in demand. You got Nate Diaz wanting a third fight that's pretty much in demand. There's no easy out for him in the UFC, and he'll make less money. Um, 
you got to, these options of staying boxing are there. He's not going to take on a guy in his prime working Earl Spence for the way you're from the hospital. So you can't do that. You know, you have an ex-world champion who you haven't broken beef with and he's not an, he's not an Earl Spence. It's falling on Anji. So, you know, you, you, you figure people will give him a little bit more of a chance and whatnot. That's to make sense. It has to make dollars and cents and has to make sense as far as what his realistic chances that he thinks in his mind he has, you know? So when you think about it this way, Paulie Malignaggi becomes a very viable option for him. You know, uh, the UFC wins, if you really look at it. The, the Eddie Alvarez fight, it was a, a last-minute opponent. Uh, the Nate Diaz fight, uh, uh, you know, even though he got beat, I mean, they, they found Nate Diaz 10, 10 days out of a Cancun vacation, you know what I'm saying? And the yeah. guy stepped me out there and beat him, you know? Mm. Um, how often is he really beating guys who are fully prepared for him? Is this, is this even, like... Is this even a guy who's as good as people are saying? You know, so he has this image of him right now in the octagon, even though there's these question marks in the octagon. So I think he wants to exit the octagon with this image of him. I don't think he wants it to be tarnished, you know? So if he returns against these tough opponents who would get a full training camp to prepare for him, you know, uh, I think, I think he's risking a lot to his image. I think he'd rather exit, exit, exit the octagon on this positive image. And, uh, then in boxing, you know, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. You know, at least with Mayweather, he's getting a lot of money, and it's the, the best fighter of the generation. And then uh, we'll see if he, where he goes from there. But, yeah, I think it's viable when you really compare the other options. Paulie, to close here on Floyd, 40 years old. If he wins, he'd be 50-0. and 0. Boxers always say they're never going to come back. You've gotten to know Floyd, called many of his fights. Would this really be the end for him in your eyes if he walks away with a victory here? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think it does. I think it's the end for Floyd Mayweather. That's why I think people should... Uh, appreciate regardless of what they think of this fight uh, this is the last time you'll see Floyd Mayweather in a boxing ring I would be willing to bet a lot of money on that well August 26th Mayweather McGregor fight that I believe a lot of people believe is going to break maybe shatter that pay-per-view record Paulie you'll be on the call thanks so much for joining us man you got it bro thank you Rafe, the magic man. Look, I love that Paulie gets fired up down the stretch to sort of throw some shade back at Connor. Look, I think he set up the fight how he was supposed to. Gave you the, you know, Connor could win if this happens. Floyd most likely to win, but then just let his guard down and went after it when, you know, looking back on whether, you know, did Connor bring him in just to mess with him? All that whole soap opera, which we've touched, you know, top to bottom. What's your biggest takeaway from hearing Paulie talk? I think that is a what what do you guys call it in the in the wrestling the wrestling is that a worked shoot they call it Yes uh, yeah where he's uh he sounds like he's giving you something something honest and and pure and coming from the heart but he knows what he's up to he's he's and what he's up to is selling that uh that that Paulie Connor mega fight down the road Look, I wasn't joking, though, to be honest, when I sort of set him up with that question. You, you heard the joy in my voice. I love pro wrestling. I love built-in storylines. Rafe, I don't think, and we're going to get into this very quickly, that Conor McGregor has a great chance on Saturday if the next match is McGregor Malinaji. Not only would I be way more excited about it than I am May Maymac in terms of the possibility of competitiveness and thinking, wow, really either guy could win, but on top of that, I think it does a million buys. I legitimately think it does one million buys, Rafe, especially if we think that this Maymac fight could somehow approach five million. Oh, I, I don't doubt that for a second. I mean, I, I'm a little lower. I've been lower on the end of predicting a high, you know, the numbers for for Maymac, but I still think that that Paulie and Connor would would sell the hell out of that fight, and it would become it would do good business. It would be bigger than most other boxing pay per views that we've seen in the last couple of years. Can I, since we're sticking to this, what's it look like theme? Can I get just ten seconds from Rafe B of what's it look like? Uh, pa Wash Paulie against uh, against Conor McGregor. 
Oh, man. From what well, we know now, right? From what we know now. Well, from based on the footage I've seen, <laughs> what it looks like is Connor just unloading these these picture perfect straight left hands, catching Capali straight, you know, flush on the face, having him, you know, backing him up, and then them tangling up a little bit. You know, Connor doing some good work on the inside, Pauly crashing to the ground, begging for a, a, a slip call. Joe Cortez not having it. Uh, no, uh, what does it look like? I think. Paulie gets in shape and boxes circles around him. Wow. 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 I just think it'll be more competitive, like I said, whereas this Saturday night, we may end up saying this by the end of it. I mean, it's possible, right? But let's break that down. What's it look like? Maymac edition. We are recording this on a Monday. We know fight week's gonna, well, we know there's gonna be a, an eclipse today, right? So maybe some fans will get blinded. And then we'll see Tuesday, the grand arrival. But Rafe, Wednesday, it all starts in a lot of ways with that final news conference. The Four City Press Tour that built up to this last month was pretty wild. It was really good and then really bad. And altogether, I think it really helped push the fight. What's the final press conference look like this Wednesday from the sense of what needs to be done by either guy to, one, further hype the fight, and two, get some last-minute mental jabs in there? you have any expectations at what this looks like? Uh, my sense, my, my, what it, uh, what it, what does it look like to me? I actually think they're going to play this one down a little bit. They're going to sort of, because, the, you know, it's a, it's a fight week press conference on a Wednesday. It's not, it, uh, unless they, what's the venue? Do you, is it listed? Uh, the is venue it one of is these the ballrooms? Ca, the Ka Theater in the MGM Grand, right? It's okay. like the Cirque du Soleil or Copperfield yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and, unless it has the public in there and it's got, you know, people are losing their minds, I think they're going to they're, well, they're gonna downplay it a little bit. The, if it was done UFC style, it would be filled with Irish fans, right. but it's going right. to be boxing style, so you're going to get a lot of Richard Sturm and Right, Tecate, you're going to get the you know, deuses, you're yeah. going to get wigs, you're going to get toupees, uh, <laughs> and you're going to get Steven Espinoza. Um uh, so like, um, I think they're going to downplay it. I think they're going to sort of come in a little bit cool, you know, throw some jabs out, throw some barbs out there, but not, not, I think they're going to save the, the, the real fireworks for the weigh in, the, in the stare down. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. I don't think much more can be a cut. Look that those four days of back and forth trash talk, like we said, it went too far. It almost made people sour on the fight. And now that you're looking, you mentioned it last week. We're seeing a lot of those really educated deep dive think pieces about how people should avoid the fight altogether because it's just everything wrong with society curled up together in a tightly knit ball with wrapped in a wrapping paper of greed I mean it really you know you're getting a lot of that uh I just think that Connor just needs to continue to be Connor and present himself Rafe as like an irrational sense of of self-belief you know because what he's trying to do is such an absurd leap, whether Floyd honestly is 40 or 48, right? Like it's so far that he's got to just keep being that guy because every time he talks at length, Rafe, it's really hard not to believe him. Like even everything we know about boxing and everything we know about this fight and all the preconditioned feelings we had coming in, it's kind of hard not to go, well, maybe maybe we're the ones who's being fooled. Maybe he purposely looked only okay against Paulie so that Paulie would run back and tell every news outlet. Maybe he really knows what he's doing. It's kind of hard to believe that, but he's a snake charmer, Rafe. He's a seducer, right? He's are you got seduced? The, the snake rising right out of the basket. I mean, are you seduced right now? I unzip it for me please yeah. <laughs> I wasn't quick enough there, but yeah, I mean that's all right. That's the final news conference. 
a lot of people will be focused on Friday's weigh-in. So you got to imagine, Rafe, that okay, the most intense weigh-in, I've, or not intense, the most the most energy in a weigh-in ever that I saw was 2013 Floyd versus Canelo. There were people waiting in line at 4 a.m. right to just get they had free tickets to this to just get as close as they could to the action for a weigh-in that started at like 1 p.m. Pacific time. This press tour last month sort of blew it out of the water how big events like this could be, right? Like, because the Floyd Canelo press com- or weigh-in was the first one I'd seen where they did full arena, where it was just like you walked in and there was electricity. Like, the bass was pumping from that DJ who wears the ma- mascot head on, and uh, and it was just like, wow. May Pack didn't come as close to that energy, surprisingly. There was a little bit more of a negative tone in the air. This one, Rafe, what's it going to look like? What's it going to feel like? Uh, well, I think it it will rival that uh, that that Canelo Mayweather atmosphere, at least in the the energy of the fans there. Um, you know the you know by Friday it will be a full on fight week, like mega fight week crowd where people you know have have arrived in Vegas. They're you know just pumped for the fight. They're you know starting to get very lathered up, and I'm sure the Irish will be there all week having a good time, singing songs. Can we hear the, the accent? You know, Can we hear the groundskeeper? Oh, so, well, you know. It, when when and when Connor and, and you know talk about I mean of course you know Canelo Mayweather was it was the was most famous as a weigh-in for the 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 uh, immortal quote from Canelo uh, I was born ready uh, and uh, will we get something like that from Connor I think I think it might be even a, a little more uh, a little more profane like uh, I was half and born ready you dirty <laughs> I'll have a I'll stick a I'll cock I'll take a head off and anyway. Um, um, I like where you're going with that. Maybe a- yeah. afterwards he'll turn to Pauly and say, Oloki, you are next, my friend. I mean, you know, it's possible, right? Malena G, you I, are okay. next, my friend. So look, that Floyd Canelo reference I made in being such a jovial party atmosphere, a lot of that was because of the Mexican fan base, right? When you have a big Mexican fighter in a main event, it is in totally different environment for a Vegas fight week. It is very party, positive, fun, a lot of good things. You're going to get a lot of that from the Irish fan base, like you mentioned. This is probably going to be an out of control way in that has it really, you feel the, you'll feel the tension of MMA versus boxing probably for the first time, right? And like yeah. even in the journalism side, there's some weird MMA boxing tension. It's like, this is going to go, for a guy like me who covers both sports, this is going to be like a weird wedding of like families that don't like each other all trying to Are squeeze in. Are you going to have to like separate, uh, you know, Ariel Helwani from, from Dan Rayfield? And we be may like, have no, to. No, 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 guys, chill out, chill out. No, 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 no. Because we're already seeing like, you know, boxing people trying to talk MMA and you can tell they don't know what they're talking about and the same, you know, is the same on the flip side. It's just a weird environment, but not of that matters to the fans what the fans want to see is are they going to put hands on each other is one person going to win the way in when it comes to stare downs when it comes to trash talk when it comes to anything like that the problem with this just like sort of the problem in that four-day press tour is floyd's just unflappable so i don't know what connor can do should he put hands is this the time to put hands on floyd something he really didn't do in the four city press tour i know he tapped him on the head he did some things to incite him he really didn't put hands on him yeah, well, we were we were wondering if there was some sort of contractual issue about the amount of uh, actual touching that could happen on the press tour. Now, if there was any, I hope that they have lifted that, you know, that that ban and and uh, are allowing for a little more shenanigans because this would be the moment where, yeah, I think they should, you know, whether it's planned or not, whether it's whether it's a work by everyone or it's just Connor trying to push the envelope 
far, far enough that he gets some elicits a real reaction from from Floyd and isn't you know that that some, something Floyd can't just you know can't just brush off. Um, that is what you know that that I think Connor it, not only in terms of selling the fight but in terms of giving him any small advantage in tactically in the fight he Connor might as well begin pulling out all the stops and acting crazy doing something provocative right there yeah we are no, you know bare chested face to face and you know do so I mean lick him you know do something weird you know it worked in that Kareem Mayfield fight <laughs> you know lick him <laughs> you know what he needs to do. Uh, do you remember day one of that press tour in Los Angeles? Do you remember when they had that real intense face-off to close it? And then Dana White released a video that had the microphone in there. And at the end of that rant, Connor looked deep into Floyd's eyes and basically was like, I'm an effing animal. I'm different. I'm unlike anyone you ever faced. I almost think he has to push that Cassius Clay versus Sonny Liston one sort of type of trash talk where Floyd has to kind of stop himself, you know, when he goes home that night and goes – is there any way I, as much as I prepared for this guy, that I am somehow overlooking how crazy he is? That he might linger, that he might hang around, that he might just find some way to be more competitive than I thought. That's the only thing you can do, right? I think pushing, putting hands on will be seen either as a sign of somebody who scared himself, or like you said, it'll cost him if it's in the contract that he can't touch him at all, which might be yeah, part of yeah, it. Yeah, I wouldn't go for the violent hands. I would go for the weird provocative hands, you know? I would, you know, do some of that, do some of that wiggly, do some of those wiggly warm-ups right in Floyd's face, and uh, you know, like I said, you know, I, I'm sorry, Kareem Mayfield actually just texted to correct me. He said he was not licking his opponent's chest in that way, and he was sniffing the chest very closely <laughs> in order to tell him that he smells, um, uh, another word that stands for cat or kitten. Uh, it's five little letters that you're missing. It is a beautiful aroma that arouses me. <laughs> exactly, that's what I'm talking about. That's, you know, no, I think uh, I think going weird is a better uh, idea for Floyd. I think I think Connor has it in him to just get totally bizarre. So uh, maybe I'm, let Con the freak flag fly. Maybe Connor should just sort of tackle his, pull out his inner Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, with earrings, with a flash of flash. The men want to be actually want to be. Just, just go deep on the Klitschko hey fa face off on HBO, which is a, such an underrated one, right? Well, I mean, you know, or, the flashy or flash. Connor should just take all his, uh, all his, all his cues from the greatest moments in in face off history. He'll bring an iPad iPad out there and start <laughs> pointing to pointing to things that uh, he, he flaws he found in Floyd's uh, in Floyd's repertoire. I mean, he could just do it all. All right, all right. We get to the fight on Saturday, Rafe. Look, I, we, we're going to break down who's going to win, but we've broken down a lot of this leading up. We're talking more about the pageantry here, the ring walk. There's been a lot of talk about boxing. The one thing that just separates it from other sports is the last 10 minutes before that opening bell, right, from the ring walks to the instructions with the referee to the announcements to that energy is unlike anything else in sports. Having been there, Rafe, lucky enough to be ringside, right, for Floyd Canelo, May Pack, that energy is unreal. I have to believe, no matter who you think is going to win this fight, that that energy in this fight will be something different than we have ever experienced. What will these ring walks look like? What type of bizarre show type of sensationalism what are you expecting from this 
I mean, one thing that Floyd has always done is given us some pretty elaborate ring walks, you know, where it's the, the, gets, you know, Justin Bieber as the mascot. He had the Cirque du Soleil thing at one point in time. I think that was for a Maidana fight, uh, which didn't work. It didn't come off very well. But, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna have the sort of a usual standard Floyd, you know, TBE style pageantry, have some celebrities by his side. Any chance you borrow Sharif Bogare's cage and comes out as like an animal? Uh, I, I, I hope so. I mean, the Sharif Bogare cage, which, uh, you know, like you, you, you has to be, you know, you have to hire like some, some male strippers from Vegas to carry <laughs> for him. It would be an, a different kind of look for Floyd. I don't, I don't think that's what he normally goes for with his, his sort of over the top, uh, uh, homophobia, homophobia. Uh, but, uh, you never know. You can, you know, you know, if he, if he considers it a, a good look, he'll give it a try. Um, my question, what do you think Connor will do to sort of, match that atmosphere i mean what what uh, i've watched i've watched you know his fights but not usually don't you know usually come in the day after to get something cheap and free uh so uh <laughs> so so i don't i usually don't you know i'm usually not there for the actual ring walks what does he does he do anything big in ufc is there even a space for that they don't in UFC? really do that in the ufc they don't add you know they definitely don't add like a rapper they make it all about the fights in the ufc you don't see live performances you either see the only thing you see is when someone dresses with a crazy mask or something to get themselves fired up or if they come running to the ring or whatever, you know, as or to the cage as opposed to walking out. And in this case, though, there's going to be more provocative pageantry, like I mentioned. Does he bring out C.J. Watson? I mean, that, you know, we talked about that. That that could be the ultimate sort of middle What's finger. What's the troll? Yeah, does he – Does he? I mean, I don't know who he could convince if he could get uh... – if he could get uh, Jose Luis Castillo to walk with him. Now that would be uh, awesome, by the yeah, way. I mean, yeah, can he get an Irish, some Irish celebrity we're not thinking of right now to, to, you know, to walk him out and get him fired up? I, I don't know. I feel like none of that has enough bearing. I, I feel like you, I'm looking for a troll move from Connor in the ring yeah, walk. Yeah, I, I mean, it might. Know. Unless, he's not going to bring out Josie uh, Josie Harris, right? I mean, that would, the, maybe like a One Direction guy to counter Bieber, or, or you know, will there be a selfie in the ring walks? Better not be, because the last time we saw that from uh, Manny Pacquiao and, and Freddie Roach trying to study the, the care, that was just not a good move, right? That was just not a good set, set a really bad tone, you know. He can't handle your speed, son. I mean, it just, it just, come on, come on, that was not working. I think Connor, to be really honest with you, unless he does one really specific troll move by having somebody from Floyd's past, I think he should just come in looking intense and come in focused. Not looking to party, not looking to f- high-five people, come in ready, because look, the the sell was the last few months, the last sixty one days or whatever, and they sold this fight. They did a good job. Now it's time to fight, right? You know who the troll is. You know what the troll move is. And I, I don't think this man would ever agree to do this for Conor McGregor, but James Prince, the oh. boxing manager and rap figure from Houston, who you know allegedly was involved in a dispute with Floyd and and you know may have sent some guys over to the Mayweather boxing gym if you believe uh, Bob Arum stories that put the scare of a lifetime in in, in Floyd Mayweather and say, Leonard Ellerby didn't Ellerby that would be uh, has Ellerby confirmed that I, I don't think he has but they're all 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 uh, all message board reports are that he took a hard L in that you know that he took a little bit of a beating but who knows but, but L and Ellerby yeah but yeah James Prince doesn't mess around that would be interesting that'd be an interesting way that's the ring walks Rafe before we get to the main event there's some decent boxing on the undercard like we talked about although Sean Porter did pull out of that Fox main event on the pre-pay-per-view undercard against Delorme because of I believe there was a family issue maybe a death in the family with that fight off 
What does this undercard look like? Because what I'm most looking forward to, you might agree with me, is that Nathan Cleverly fight against Badu Jack. Jack is a legit top elite fighter. Just came off that draw against the Gale in that super middleweight unification fight. He had trouble making weight. He wants to be at 75. Good test because Cleverly, not a lot of pop, but he can brawl. He can make it a fun fight. Rafe, I hope for the casuals that cross over that this is the fight that they sort of go, wow, I should be watching more boxing. Yeah, well, and I think this will be – this has all the makings of a fun fight. I mean, especially now, like, the new Nathan Cleverly, after losing to uh, Sergey Kovalev, you know, and losing his, his belt at 175 back then, uh, that – the new Nathan Cleverly, he's remade himself really as this blood and guts action fighter. You know, he had that crazy record-setting brawl with and- Andrew Andrzej Fanfara <laughs> from Chicago, you know, Andy I mean, they were just, yeah, Andy Fanfara, they were, thro- they were throwing them, they were throwing bombs like, like guys throw back old style beer in Chicago. It was, uh, it was, it was a fun fight. I think Cleverly is going to bring that kind of effort again. Uh, and it will kind of show us like, you know, Fanfara can actually punch. Can, can Badu Jack punch at this weight? Uh, you know, maybe he was a decent puncher at 168, obviously did great body work. I mean, you saw some of the, the talk about, Body shots that people have no business continuing from. There were a few of those landed against uh, against the Gale in the in their last fight, and um, you know so Nick Cleverly will be right there. He's still quick. He's still pretty athletic. He can still be competitive, and uh, it, it'll give you an idea of whether Badu Jack is really going to be a player at 175 against uh, who you know whether it's Kovalev and Stevenson. If Andre Ward sticks around there to defend the belts he won off of Kovalev, uh, and uh, and this rising class of of, uh, young uh, Eastern European fighters. And really comes down to Tank Davis in that, Gervonta Davis in that co main, really getting a showcase opportunity to do something special. He's facing Francisco Fonseca. Nobody's ever heard of him like you playfully mentioned last week. I don't think he's ever been out of El Salvador, or, or this might be his first time in the States. Unbeaten guy with no record. This is a setup fight for Floyd to say, this guy in my stable has next. He's a star at 130. You think people talk about Vasily. You should be talking about Tank. Can Tank deliver that knockout performance, though, and sort of be looking flashy slash tough enough to really go, wow, I got, I, I got again, I got to start following this guy. Well, you got you talk when you talk about ring walks. You remember the one Gervonta Davis came out in the, uh, in my opinion, not so hot uh, Michael Jackson tribute. You know, he had like <laughs> a, he had like a, I obviously couldn't do one glove as it, when he's in boxing gloves, but he had a bad hat, leather jacket, zippers everywhere. What well, you know, whatever. If it works, it works. Um, you know, it's a showcase. I mean, I, I think that he will. You know, Davis has power and speed. He's explosive. He kind of reminds me, you know, he kind of reminds me of the way we were feeling and talking about, uh, about Adrian Broner at those lower weights. You know, he looks, he looks dynamite right now. Hasn't really fought anybody. Uh, and we'll see where he goes weight wise from there. Um, but hey, good. You know, look good. Get a nice knockout. Make some people say, wow, whoever's actually paying attention and not like just getting drunk waiting for Maymac. And, uh, <laughs> And go good, you know, you know, and then after that, hopefully make some decent fights because 130 is a really good division. He doesn't have to jump right into into a into the ring with Lomachenko or or one of or somebody like that. There's Burchelt, there's Salido, there's Rocky Martinez, who we thought he might fight in this one. There's a ton of good quality guys who he should start uh, trying to clean out if he's really serious about being that kind of fighter.
Yeah, the Salido one is very interesting. If, if PBC offered some good money to Salido to make that happen, that that is not only the potential to make uh, Gervonta a star with the with the you know the the critics in boxing, the critical audience, but you could have a really fun fight if Salido can continue to find the fountain of youth. I don't know where that fountain is in Mexico that he keeps finding, but he keeps coming back strong every time you know Turdsack knocks him down six times. We think his, his career is over. He goes you know life and death with Rocky Martinez, which by the way. Very underrated pair of fights. I know I harp on this a lot, or maybe I don't harp on it enough, but that second Rocky Martinez-Salito fight, which was, I believe, on the Birdo Mayweather undercard in 2015, yes. and the entire arena just was not watching it or paying attention, that was one of the three or four best fights I've ever seen live. That was That's phenomenal, so I'll give respect to that. Rafe, let's talk the main event. This is our What's It Look Like edition. This is really what everybody wants to know. What's this thing look like when they touch gloves? I think like all Mayweather opponents, the default answer is this for Connor. Your only chance of winning comes in the first three rounds because Mayweather's going to make that patented adjustment where he disarms you. He takes away your pass to victory. If regular top boxing pros like Manny Pacquiao and Canelo Alvarez could not figure out a plan B once the adjustment was made, then obviously uh, Conor McGregor on what, like six months preparation in in traditional boxing is not going to be able to find a plan B. The victory is either going to come early or it's not, right? He's either going to put punches on him, make Floyd uncomfortable. He would be helped, of course, by Floyd finally looking old for once. But even if Floyd does finally look old for once, that adjustment is coming. So you have to ask yourself, how long will that window be open for him? Guys like Robert Guerrero only really had like a two-round window, right? Other guys were able to push that window out to rounds four, five, and six. Maidana in the first fight really pushed that window out to about rounds eight or nine by the time Floyd really was able to not only settle himself, figure out how to set traps, but Maidana's... The price it took for Maidana to be that aggressive finally caught up to him, right? So although we think Connor should mirror the Maidana model, what do you think the first three rounds look like? Exactly how I said it, or, or, or could it be any different? Well, so, I mean, this is this is kind of the question, uh, and uh, and I think I will personally, you know, my, my conspiracy-loving mind will will look at these early rounds and and basically use that to to make a my form my opinion about how much of a work this all has been. Um, if Connor charges out and basically does something like when we interviewed Pat Militich and he said, you know, get on him early, foul him a lot, uh, basically go wild man on him, make it uh, make it an anaerobic fight, which I had to look up after the fact I wasn't trying to uh, look stupid in front of Pat Militich uh make it an anaerobic fight meaning make it like a very high intensity short bursts put a lot of pressure see if he can overwhelm and 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 somehow land something meaningful on Floyd uh or or you know use some of his use his size and his body and and some of that roughhousing and whatever he can get away with uh to you know, to 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 try and make a fight out. He comes out and and decides to sell out in four rounds, and then what happens after that? Who cares? Then I think that 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 they're treating this like a serious competitive event. If he comes out and pulls a Canelo Alvarez and tries <laughs> to outbox, I mean, Canelo is a young, confident fighter and a very good boxer. He was wrong to think that he was ever going to outbox Floyd, and and wrong to not try and take advantage of his size. Uh, but at least he, I could, I'm okay with him coming up with that uh, idea. If Connor does not 
you know, if Connor tries to box, forget it. That means this is just a joke. And, and I would, at that point, I would just expect Mayweather to carry him until the end and then they'll shake hands and say, uh, we, you know, we did it. We pulled it off. People, if Connor comes out and tries to box and tries to just like cruise to victory, cruising was made for oh. Then people need to just start rioting and throw. I, I don't want to say that out loud, but yeah, people need to start rioting and throwing things at the ring, or or just you know what? They should just leave the arena in such large masses. You know, just say, "You two businessmen, you two bankers, get out of my ring." That would be ill-advised, and I think that uh, it would stain both of them. You know, far worse. So yeah, he's going to have to come out aggressive. The the biggest problem is though, Rafe. Even if he comes out like a fury ball of fire, even if he makes Floyd uncomfortable, even if he lands a short forearm and cuts Floyd, even if he leans on Floyd and makes Floyd have to get aggressive and fight back a little bit, if he's not landing, and this is Maidana's problem, by the way, in the first fight, if you're not landing clean punches that are hurting Floyd or that are building a base where you have actually won rounds, then it's meaningless. Because, again, Floyd will make that adjustment, and most importantly, you will fatigue because chasing around Floyd makes you tired, and Floyd really knows how to condense and conserve energy, right, and just slightly move out of the way. He knows how to make you chase him, but it's that mental fatigue when you get to about the fifth, sixth, seventh round, you go, I can't catch this guy, and he's hitting me harder with short right hands. That's where that problem comes in. I'd like to guess that Connor is mentally tougher than some of these other guys because he's, you know, he's an MMA fighter. He's been through a lot in his life. He is a different animal and a beast in terms of his goals and his ambition in life. That's why he's in this fight, by the way. That's how he got to this point. So I'd like to think that he's always going to be, whatever chance you give him, whether that chance is 1%, you know, or a half percent or 8%, I'd like to think that that chance stays with him the whole fight, whereas other Floyd opponents, you're like, literally, if he doesn't land anything in the first two, three rounds, then that percentage of 7% I gave him goes down to zero. I think that Connor won't necessarily succumb to that same mental fatigue. I know you're going to say, well, didn't you see him crumble against Nate Diaz in the, in the second round of their first fight when he just straight up ran out of gas? I think he's addressed that. So I'm not saying that he's going to be late in this fight if he gets there successful on landing. I just think that he may not mentally crumble as much. But with that said, Rafe, I don't think physically he can last to the end of the fight because I think Floyd's just going to set him up with with clean right hands, which makes this debate about the eight-ounce gloves. Maybe it's right that Floyd was the one who wanted to knock it down thinking, let me just get this guy out of here as quick as I can. Yeah. I mean, it's – and, and you know, you you imagine if the if the – chasm in class and ability and experience is as wide as it appears as it is on paper and as we expect it to be in the ring on saturday night won't how will floyd uh, would floyd even be able to convincingly carry someone as inexperienced in boxing <laughs> as mcgregor is for 12 rounds if that was his goal in the first like if those if those rights are so easy to land i don't it may be impossible to 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 hold back from from just throwing them and being like all right because let's just you know there's no point in keeping this going on yeah. i'm just gonna end this now one thing i'm curious about with mcgregor yes i mean the when he lost to nate diaz you know uh, you saw him gas, and and basically that was the end of the fight. But the success he had in the first round, the fact that he, you know, that 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 he was giving up so much weight, there was enough sort of mental leeway in there for it to be like, all right, look, I'm better than this guy, but it, you know, we, I just sort of bit off more than I could chew, and 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 I didn't train for this kind of fight, blah 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 blah. Um, what we haven't seen, I haven't seen, I don't think, you know, uh, you correct me if I'm wrong about some of the losses earlier in his career, but I don't think we've seen McGregor sort of. Um, you know, demoralized, you know, and, and, That's a great and point. Floyd, he, t- he took that first Diaz loss 
perfectly. He came back saying, I give respect to him. I was the one who lost. I'm going to go back to the drawing board. And by the way, he went back to that drawing board and ran back that fight at welterweight and won a five-round war in one of the best fights in UFC history. So he ran it back to the extreme. Like, he completely reversed it. So my question, Brian, for you is what what will it look like um, assuming that, you know, Floyd – you know, shows Connor something that, oh, here's something you can't do anything with. You are done. You, you, you're still standing, but this fight is effectively over and this could come in round one. It could come in round four. It could come in round six. Um, but if, you know, wh- what will it look like? How, cause Connor, you. he, Connor walks around with this, like, you know, this, hundred thousand ton ego right well that's going to that is probably going to take some very serious uh dents in you know it's going to be punctured in this fight the moment the moment he realizes that he can't win with whatever game plan he came in with i seriously believe he is going to go all out and end the fight and when i say end the fight i mean walk right into oncoming traffic He'll be doing two things at once. He'll be giving himself the best chance to win because he's going to go all out and go for the knockout. And he'll be okay with the fact that if he does that, he may get stopped. But that's, in my eyes right now, Rafe, the best way in a loss for him to redeem himself outside of a loss in which he's really competitive and they go the distance. And it's like this great fight where he knocked down Floyd and suddenly the combination is Floyd is older than we thought and Connor's better at boxing. Outside of that scenario, which is probably the best case scenario for everyone involved. The best way to redeem yourself in a bad loss is to just be aggressive, go out on your shield, be like Ricky Hatton, do not stop coming forward. Be like Ronda Rousey in the Holly Holm fight. She had no game plan, she got rocked early, but she kept coming until she got stopped. That's kind of the cyborg mentality, not cyborg Justino, but cyborg the robot that Connor might have to adapt to, and I think he will because Rafe... Floyd's a businessman. He makes businessman decisions. Connor is a smart businessman who's also a ferocious animal. At least that's my perception of what I've seen having covered him. I think he will have the respect for himself that it takes to go all out. And if he gets stopped, he gets stopped. Because in the end, Rafe, if he gets stopped, he doesn't lose as much cred as if he gets demoralized for 12 rounds and get picked apart. And we have 36 minutes of proof why he should never have been in that ring in the first place. I'd rather have 10 minutes of proof and have him get stopped, but go, Hey dude, he did the best thing he could do in the spot. All right. Well, well, Brian, I mean, it's, 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 it's good that you bring up that distinction between businessman and beast animal fighter, pure aggression, because it seems like there's a good chance. Connor will have, will be able to make a very discreet choice Discreet, disquare, disque- I can't even say it. He will be able to choose wait, wait, between. Wait, wait, what, what did you? You were discreet, disclose. It was, it was like, I couldn't it understand a, what you're saying. It was a disgusting a act. In there, were you calling from a walkie-talkie? <laughs> I, I called a nine or something. I mean, that yeah, was. Um, he's going to be able to choose between uh, beast and businessman because if if we reach this point where he's going to sell out, he could choose to go full beast and maybe preserve his ego. And do something crazy, throw some kicks, try to, you know, try like actually do something that would get him disqualified, which I think, you know, you, you had Paulie hint at, although he didn't think it would go so far as to uh, to do any of the, the illegal strikes that that would uh, cause him to lose the purse. But I'm going to go. I'll, I'll go there. Why not? If the ego is more, bigger, it means more to him than the money. And on some level, maybe he knows that getting disqualified Kicking Floyd, knocking him out with some crazy thing that Floyd has never seen before, if he can land it. 
Well, that could no. make him more money on the back end than this fight right in in one night. No, he, he, um, he that will be the, that will be Tyson biting the ear for this generation. That will be Yeah, that but will, think about that. That will be forever. He has to become Not in a good way, but it will right. be. Right. And what did Tyson do? Tyson, I mean, look, he had already been in and out of jail. He was already a crazy figure, but the bite of the ear took him to the all-time crazy level that you can't come back from, right? At least during his prime. Connor, I think, is he's a smart businessman. He's an animal, but he's also a respecter of the game enough. I do not think that he will end it, n- not just the financial penalty that will be in. And Floyd tried to say last week that it was 90% of his purse. And Steven Espinoza uh, on the Chris Maddox podcast interrupted and, uh, at that point and kind of said, you know, it's not 90%, but it is a very, very, very hefty fee. I don't think he's willing to give up that money just for some highlight of him doing something really dirty and unsportsmanlike. And I'm not saying Connor's the perfect sportsman, but I think he respects the game, respects the fight game enough that you have to be crazy Tyson out of control with your emotions to want to do something like that. And what does he actually win? A bunch of MMA fans going, all right, you know, hey, you win nothing. You're a loser if you do that. I don't think he's going to do that. I think the scenario I laid out of losing... Uh, going out in your shield is much more redemptive, but there is an in between, right? There is a DQ loss you could take. Oh, I, know. The, can I, I know the in between. The in between, Brian, is the Victor Ortiz leaping headbutt, yes. right? Yes, you go full water boy. Or you've already been warned. Let's say Connor gets multiple warnings early for certain purposeful. Uh, purposeful cheating he tried to do, holding, you know, short forearms, whatever. He knows one more of those might get him out of the fight. He might do it. I still say he won't do that, Rafe, because even though it would be an easy out and you still get your money, I seriously think we're talking to a guy who has a certain level of respect for the game that it would not happen. That's all I'm saying. I hope so. Let me. I, let, I know we can't talk. I'd be kind of, kind of, kind of having fun talking about this so long. I know we can't do it forever. Let me throw another one, one or two more. All right. Uh, what it look? What what will that? That reminds me. What do you think the refereeing will look like in this fight for Robert Bird? I mean, we you know we we like Robert Bird. I, he he maybe could have done a better job with. Uh, I know that I know that our friends at Main Events and and uh, <laughs> and Agus uh, Klimas Management believe he could have done a better job in the first uh, in the first Ward Kovalev fight where where Ward got to hold a lot. Um, you know, uh, and there was some 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 speculation that his that he that you know that uh that Robert Bird was just a little too slow to really get in there and break things up in a timely fashion um for what or maybe he just chose to let them fight either way i guess how what this is such a bizarre event from a referee's point of view as well in that you really don't i mean the same way that Floyd doesn't know what Conor McGregor can bring how how is a, a how is a referee supposed to officiate someone who has never fought a professional boxing match before in a fight in a med, in a mega fight yeah, where people are paying a hundred dollars a piece for how how much pressure is going to be in his head or, or how you know to to not you know to not come up with a quick DQ to not you know to to to, to get to get some kind of conclusive result and uh and and deal with whatever weird stuff McGregor may do in there. Uh, yeah, there's obviously a lot of pressure on Robert Bird, but I think this goes back to making the right choice. Robert Bird, the one thing he does best, veteran referee, you know, Hall of Famer all that, he doesn't panic in the crazy moments, he doesn't panic in the big moments, and he's probably the perfect mix of the two extremes of the guys we thought we were going to get, which was either Kenny Bayless, the more conservative side, Tony Weeks, the the more liberal side, of course, both those guys uh were the referee in the first and second Floyd Maidana fights. You saw the difference of those two. I think this guy's right in the middle where 
To a certain degree, it'll help Conor McGregor. I think he'll be, like you said, a little bit late to get in there. He'll allow a certain level of infighting. But I personally think, Rafe, even though Conor technically is the bigger man, even though Conor is strong upper body because he's a grappler, right? Even though grappling is not his strength in the MMA game, he's somebody who's used to having to do that. I still think Floyd has always had sort of underrated strength, like in the clinch. He has long arms. I think Floyd, even if Bird is late to jump in there, will still be able to sort of defend himself properly and mix it up back to Connor if he needs to, to a certain degree. I don't think Connor's just going to maul and dominate in that sense. And I don't think Bird will be completely liberal to allow it to go too far. I think since he is one thing, though, a ring general, he'll let you work in there if it's close to within the grounds, but he doesn't jump all over you and drop like instant break you apart. I think he will drop the warnings, though. I think the warnings will be stern and consistent. You'll have your moments to to do some damage, but he won't be hesitant to say, look, I will take away a point if you do this. I don't care how important this fight is. So I think in the end, with despite the pressure on him, I think it's going to play out perfectly where he will put Connor in a spot where he basically says, if your only strategy was to cheat, then it's not going to work. You're going to have points taken away and you're going to put yourself in that spot where you're either going to have to get knocked out or, 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 you know, or get knocked out anyway if you try to hang around because you're going to have no stamina. I think it's the perfect choice. I don't think there's going to be any shenanigans in that area. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think he's a good choice, you know, as good as you can do. Um, it just, it's just such a difficult job, you know, yeah. because it, there's, it's so unpredictable. You really can't guess exactly how this is going to play out. And, and the pressure is so great. You he can't, you know, he, I, I'm pretty, like, it, I, I, the way I imagine it, if McGregor does something, you know, DQable, but, but borderline DQable, not like, you know, not like, not obvious this fight is over, you know, the same way, the same way that my, that, 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 that you know, that, that Mills Lane allowed Tyson to bite Holyfield twice. <laughs> so Connor I will... will get away with one crazy thing in this because the pressure to not end the fight on a DQ will be so great. That's, that's a fair point. So he'll get an extra level of leniency that you wouldn't normally get. At least in terms of ending the fight. Maybe, yeah. you know, warnings you can throw out there as much as you want. Although, you know, if War- if Connor is smart in his plan and, and is planning to dirty this up, he shouldn't give a damn about points, right? Take as many as you want. You know, dare Robert Byrd to disqualify him. So the ultimate what's it look like in, is basically how does the fight end? So of all the scenarios we just laid out there of what's most likely, I think it ends like this. TKO5 for Floyd Mayweather. I think Connor has some success to a degree in the opening rounds by being different, by being aggressive, by being physical, by trying to do a little bit of dirty things like we mentioned. I don't think he's actually going to win rounds from it. I think it's just going to make it interesting where you're like, wow, Floyd looked uncomfortable there. But I ultimately, like we talked about, once Floyd centers himself, and by the way, let's not forget one thing. Round one of Mayweather-Pacquiao, Floyd was more aggressive than we ever thought he would be. We talked all in that buildup about how Pacquiao is going to be aggressive, and until Floyd makes that adjustment, Pacquiao might be able to hurt him and have success. Do you know what Floyd did to stop that scenario from happening? He stood flat foot in the center of the ring and landed hard right hands, and I think made Manny go, wow, that path of victory is now closed unless I want to be in a war. I don't think it's impossible, Rafe. That Floyd has his own moments in that first round where he digs his heels in and says, I need to earn this man's respect early. And I think he's going to rely on his technique and assume that he's got way better boxing technique, which he does, right? Even boxing in MMA is just different. It's a different stance, different shift of your weight. The punches aren't as tight as they need to be in boxing for multiple reasons. 
I think that Floyd is going to gain that respect. And like I said, fifth round's going to come around. Connor's going to end up walking into something. He's going to be aggressive and he's going to get put down. And that'll be the end of it. Not a KO out cold. Couple knockdowns pile up. Bird looks in his eye, says no more. This fight's over. Great. I think, uh, I think that's one, you know, so this is one of those things where there are so many different possibilities here that, and none of them is totally realistic or unrealistic because there's no, there's no baseline, right? <laughs> so your, that version, I think is what I would consider the optimal version of how this plays out. And it makes perfect sense. You know, it sort of involves Connor going out, trying to start strong, trying to basically, you know, leave most of it out there in the first four rounds when he may have some, uh, you know, size, strength, whatever, you know, just, just try and capitalize early and, 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 and see if he can make something happen that, and then not, and then, you know, failing and, and Floyd winning that, uh, that would be, I think both in terms of like honest effort and, uh, and, and a, something I'd enjoy watching the best outcome. Um, another possibility of how it may look, which I think is probably just as likely is the version where, um, where they basically carry, where Floyd figures out a way to carry him. You know where 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 he it goes twelve rounds. He, he you know he he no he, no it's he, impossible. It's that's impossible. It would the only way impossible. this was okay. You the, remember who we're talking? This is Floyd Mayweather. The only way Floyd would carry him for twelve rounds in my eyes, Rafe, is if he got caught with some stuff early where he underestimated Connor's power and he said, "I need to play it safe. I need to carry this guy the distance." That's for me. That's the only way. I mean that. Look, you're you're approaching this uh, in a very earnest, pure, pure-hearted way, which I love about you, man. You, 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 know, <laughs> you really you see the best in in people like Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. Um, however, if this was a work all along, maybe they just have an agreement. Maybe the agreement is Floyd's not going to knock me out. You know, and a Teddy, a Teddy Atlas silent agreement. Is that what you're talking about? I you know. <laughs> No, really, the Teddy Atlas, he always says it on the air. He says the, the agreement is, I won't, it, I mean, pa, pa, many of Pacquiao fights. Pacquiao Mosley had a silent agreement, right? Sure, yeah, something along those lines. That's, that's, uh, it's interesting. And it goes 12. Uh, you know, Floyd wins easy. Uh, Connor can say that he didn't, he couldn't knock me out and can, li and can lie about not feeling his punches and to call him a frail little man and blah, 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 blah. Or give him some credit. I mean, Connor, to his credit, has been a very, uh, great, has been extremely gracious and, and, and honorable and kind of shown a side of himself that feels more real than, than the bluster he usually carries around, uh, after, say, the Nate Diaz fight. I mean, you know, seeing him in defeat was, was one of the, uh, one of, and I, I don't follow his career as closely, but one of my favorite moments of his career, just because of how he handled it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so he he may not, you know, but it allows him to, but but it allows him to, you know, save some pride by not going out, uh, by by going out on his feet. Um, and then after during the uh, during the interviews, that's when Paulie will jump into the ring where he will be, you know, on the apron because he's calling the fight. Paulie will jump into the ring, grab the mic, and threaten to take Connor's side pieces, um, <laughs> and then. From there, they will start the promotion for McGregor Malinaji. Hey, uh, once again, I don't, I don't hate that. I don't hate that idea. Maybe we can bring in Christina Hammer to do some trash talk. It was a good fight, but she beat Nikki uh, easy. Congratulations! And it was a good fight, but it's not good for me. I beat you both. Yes, imagine <laughs> Christina Hammer just comes in there with the cocktail dress, looks at them both, says, "I beat you both." I mean, I respect my hammer. Yeah, I respect box too. While you're at it, Rafe, we got a less than a, a less than a minute to go here. How, what does the future of boxing and MMA, the idea of these type of super fights, look like from both scenarios that we just laid out? Both scenarios are Floyd victories. Both scenarios are probably where people are going, this fight shouldn't have happened. It really didn't give me the entertainment that I thought it would. 
Where do we go from here? Do we go anywhere from here, or is it just back to business as usual? Well, I, I, I mean, McGregor has said that he's going to compete in both sports, and I kind of believe him. I think that even if he looks t- like a joke on Saturday night, um, you can say that's because, you know, nobody looks good against Floyd yes. Mayweather and blah, 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 blah. And there's enough curiosity and enough pure star power there for him to come back and get one more big payday. Um, and uh, and that could be uh, Paulie because of the way it's built, been built up. I mean, that would make the most sense, but who knows? Uh, so I, I don't think that this – that this uh, crossing of the lines of boxing and MMA is is totally over, especially because, you know, I, I mean, at this point, whenever the next, you know, Conor McGregor level star arrives in MMA, why wouldn't they cross over to boxing eventually? Because that's, I mean, the, you know, you saw how much money is there and, and it's going to be, you know, I mean, now that, Connor broke the seal, how, you know, it's gonna be harder for UFC and Dana White to, to stop that kind of crossing over. So I, I think it will continue. I don't think that it's going to ruin either sport. Uh, so it'll be a little bit of uh, back to business uh, and a little bit of uh, the, the things coming together for the next year or two, maybe Imagine longer. Connor looks a little bit good, but not great. And you're like, okay, he can't be any actual like top welterweights today. But they do like Kimbo Slice booking the rest of the way. Like remember Kimbo Slice comes on the MMA scene, he's fighting like washed Ray Mercer in an MMA fight, then he's fighting like washed Tank Abbott, and then he's fighting like another, you know, washed guy they're rolling out. Imagine if Connor's like, Alright, I couldn't be Floyd, I look pretty bad, but you know what? Shane Mosley. Let's do it on pay per view. And then he's like, you know, Margarita. Like and he goes down to you know, just basically picks out like a legends tour of aging welterweights. Come on, how much would I pop for that? I mean, come on. Uh-oh. You sure would, man. And and why not, man? I mean, you know, we've got and, and those guys are those guys are out there. You know, I mean, we talked about we we threw we did a what's it look like McGregor Mayorga once. I mean, <laughs> if if, uh, if McGregor gets uh, washed in boxing after a few fights, you know, Ricardo Mayorga will be there and he's ready. He's ready for any payday. Well, my prediction TKO five Mayweather. What was your final prediction again? Uh, Mayweather unanimous decision. So that's you're standing on the rock of that. You're saying this is what's going to happen. That is not crazy. I mean, like, all right, it, all right. Know, I'm just letting the just said in a real in a real competitive atmosphere, it is crazy. But we do not know that that would that is what is happening here. Well, that is your Mayweather McGregor preview. A fight like no else. Follow me on Twitter at B Campbell CBS. Follow Rafe at Rafe Boogs Double O G S on Twitter. Rafe, they can still buy your book. There's still a couple copies left. I know this thing's been selling like hotcakes. Can you tell them about it? Thank you. Yeah, the book is uh, McSorley's My Dad and Me, uh, Two and Two, which is actually the title of the book. Uh, it's about my uh, growing up with my dad, who's a career bartender at McSorley's, one of the oldest bars in New York City. He's been open since 1854. Uh, growing up there, his career, what it's like to work there, the recent history of the bar, uh, and hopefully, you know, people enjoy it. Um, yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, listen to the other fine offerings on the In This Corner podcast this week. We have a instant analysis reaction to Sunday night's WWE SummerSlam show. We'll also have your regular ITC this week in Pro Wrestling Edition coming out later this week. Go back and hear some of these boxing episodes. We talked to Pat Militich. We talked in recent weeks to Miguel Cotto, Gennady Golovkin. Lots of good stuff from In This Corner. But for Rafe and myself, it's only one thing to do. Buckle up for this Circus Carnival fight. Showtime pay-per-view Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Rafe, you want to give two words, a message to the people out there before we go. McGregor style. We out. Ha <laughs> ha.